This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in your podcast app. I, of course, want to welcome Antonio and Fred. Antonio and Fred have just um, arrived from Italy, and uh, they um, basically forgot how to speak English. So um, tonight... I will be speaking in English, um, and Antonio will probably respond in Italian, unless he surprises me and he recuperates his voice in English. Uh, And uh, Fred will answer in English, but um, I want to turn immediately uh, to Antonio. Thank you for this film. Um, Thank you for your work. And in fact, my first question for Antonio is, um, Antonio, before you turned to screenwriting and to directing, you wrote five novels and you actually founded the first uh, or the most influential music magazine dedicated to rap music, Essay Magazine. All of this was not enough. What prompted you to turn to filmmaking, to the visual? Eh, io ho iniziato, ho, ho iniziato come regista perché la mia intenzione era quella di avere il controllo assoluto di, delle, delle mie opere. He started to think about directing because he really wanted to have absolute control over his work. We know that. <laughs> eh, in Italia è molto difficile. Eh, scrivere una storia e, e, con, con un cast totalmente nero che racconta un public, cioè una storia che per molti è nuova e, e, e sperare che questa cosa rimanga intatta fino alla fine. È molto difficile in Italia, ovviamente, di creare una storia che è totalmente sulla black um, cast e di avere controllo della storia until the end. So did, were you successful in keeping control of your story? Assolutamente sì. Yes. Wow, that's a big story. Sì, assolutamente sì. Yes. E, e quindi niente, quindi scrivendo questo film mi sono detto giriamolo. E ne ho parlato con Amazon, loro hanno detto va bene e quindi poi eh, So the, the first step was actually to write down the, the, the script and then he spoke to Amazon Studios and they actually welcomed the idea of giving him a chance to be a director also of his first film. Congratulations, this happens in America every day. <laughs> um, so that's a, you know, that's a wonderful story about your shift, but... It's, and music, of course, is absolutely central um, to, your, to, your, um, to your film. Um, the film is very basically connected to music. But there is also a lot of literature in your films. Before uh, the, f- the film, you also wrote a TV series uh, that Netflix produced called Zero, 
And in that TV series, there are references to literature, uh, James Baldwin specifically. And also in this film, we have references to literature, from Dickens to actually Shago and, and also Salgari. So my question is, why these choices? Why these authors in this film? Is there any, anything? Well, James Baldwin is, for me, forse uno tra i tre migliori autori di sempre, ma per l'impatto che ha avuto nella mia vita leggendolo, no? In questo film c'è anche James Baldwin, è sul letto, ah. è sulla testa del letto, sempre se la strada potesse parlare. E... So, I, the, the, his answer to the question, James Baldwin was certainly one of the major influences for him personally, and even in this film I didn't notice it, but it's, the book is there, if Bill Street could, could talk. Ma io sono, quando ho iniziato a scrivere, improvvisamente mi è successa questa cosa che ho voluto recuperare tutte quelle letture che non avevo fatto prima dei vent'anni. Quindi ho avuto due o tre anni in cui passavo tutti i giorni della mia vita a leggere. E ho scoperto tutti questi autori molto tardi, no? E quando io cerco di fare queste cose, come magari lavorare nella musica o anche fare film, eh, cerco sempre di... questo per me è un modo solo di ringraziare queste persone, no? Coinvolgerle all'interno di questi progetti, musicalmente, no? Certo. Oppure anche menzionandoli, è solo un modo per, per ringraziarli, per dirgli se io sono arrivato fino a qui anche grazie a quello che mi avete lasciato con le vostre opere. Of a path that Antonio, uh, from what I understand, arrived later in life, and so he didn't read them at first, but then he's been reading them, and now it's all—it's a kind of a homage to these authors, uh, bringing them in his musical and in his and in his movie making. Um, that's a very—that's a very interesting. Um, what about Salgari? Uh, Salgari is a very um, Uh, interesting author because it belongs to a colonial period in Italian literature. Uh, did you have any, anything in your specific upbringing that you read Salgari or was it Para, a es- reference? Eh, io avevo, io, da quando, quando ero ragazzino facevo questa cosa che non so se qua c'è, che si chiama il, il crest. Il grest. Ingrest? Il grest. Grest? Il grest. I don't even know what that ah, ok, il grest so è... I need to first find out. No, no, è una cosa molto semplice. Un gruppo di ragazzi d'estate, insieme a un'associazione, alla chiesa, eccetera, eccetera, stanno insieme ah. e la mattina fanno i compiti e il pomeriggio possono giocare. Oh, this is actually something that I did not go through in my... But it's, it's a group of, of friends that actually first studies together and then, and then plays together. E c'era uno dei maestri eh, che non so perché ma a me regalò dei libri, tra cui c'erano dei libri di Salgari e c'era anche il barone rampante di Italo Calvino. E ricordo proprio questa mia, questa mia approccio con la lettura, io ci provai perché me li regalò io pensai eh, leggiamoli. Iniziai a leggere il barone rampante, lessi tre pagine e mollai perché non capì nulla. <ride> So he tried first with Calvino when he, when he was a young boy and this teacher was giving him books to read um, and that was a defeat because he couldn't read more than three pages. 
But then when Salgari came along, you could read it all. Al tempo no. Not, not at that time. So he went back to Salgari later on. Um, let me ask you something that now relates back or puts together this, uh, your series for Netflix and this film. I think there is a, a, a thread between t- the two. In the series uh, Zero, uh, the main character has the ability to become invisible. So there, it's his superpower, is the ability to become invisible. And the story takes off from this. Uh, here, we consistently have the figure of the ghost that comes in your movie Autumn Beat. The ghost, the ghost writer, the ghost father. Um, the and there is something about the ghost and the visibility and invisibility Um, how do you conceive that as a theme? Is it related to your experience as a um, black person that has grown up in Italy? Is that a connection or is something that comes from even deeper in your experience? No, una cosa che connetteva tantissimo me e i miei amici era la forte mancanza di una persona importante nella nostra vita. Era una cosa stranissima perché... Tutti i miei amici non hanno il papà. Tutti. Cioè io se penso a tutti i miei amici più importanti non hanno il papà. Mia madre è, è tornata in Angola a vivere quando io ero in adolescenza e quindi tutti noi abbiamo avuto sempre un fantasma nella nostra vita. Quindi una presenza importante che però poi era un'assenza. E credo che questa cosa torni nella mia scrittura, nel mio racconto perché magari è stato un trauma che mi ha, che mi ha segnato. So um, Antonio was born in Italy from... Uh, Angolian parents, uh, but he grew up and uh, the father was not there and then the mother went back to Angola and he's telling me, um, this I learned only now, that most of his friends were without a father in their family. So there was always this sense of a ghostly presence or absence that was always there. So it's very related to your personal, your sì. personality. But you see this also as something that relates to not just the personal experience, but something about the condition of Africans or uh, black people in Italy. Ma, sai, eh, quando sei nero non lo puoi nascondere. <laughs> tu non puoi nascondere, cioè non nel senso è una cosa che non puoi nascondere. Però è una cosa che... Ehm, che nessuno sa sono le, le sofferenze che un uomo nero passa no? cioè quello è che eh, questa, questa, questa sofferenza poi ti porta a, a volerti nascondere io, io penso a mia sorella per tutta la sua adolescenza faceva fatica ad uscire di casa faceva fatica a relazionarsi con le persone io stesso fino a poco prima di vendere tanti libri io facevo Molta fatica, ricordo che quando stavo in contesti con tante persone iniziavo a sudare. Stavo molto male. Let me translate this because it's a very deeply thought. So there is, a, of course, if you're a black person in Italy, you can't hide. Um, and that's a very a, a truism. But what you always have to hide is your suffering. And so this sense of hiding yourself, your true self, your true suffering becomes part of your being visible but hiding. And this is something that he 
that um, Antonio carried, and his sister also was afraid to go out, and himself, in maybe when, when he started writing, until he started writing, and until he had his first success writing, he was actually very um, non-forthcoming in going, in going out. So, that, so would you say that writing was something that helped you to overcome your sense of isolation and invisibility? No, no, non è stata la scrittura, è stato il successo che ho ottenuto con la scrittura. Perché quella cosa prima di tutto mi ha fatto capire che ero in grado di fare qualcosa. Io che per tutta la vita mi sono sempre chiesto, ma io che cosa posso fare? Sono arrivato a 18 anni, i miei amici già lavoravano, io non lavoravo, io non... mi piaceva il calcio. E, e, e quindi mi ha fatto capire che ero in grado di fare qualcosa. E poi mi ha insegnato una cosa fondamentale, che, che sbagliare non è sbagliato e che nella vita devi, devi rischiare, cioè devi, devi provarci. Io ricordo, non dimenticherò mai, è un momento della mia vita che non dimenticherò mai. Avevo già scritto il libro. Let me ah, translate up to here. <laughs> so I, I, Antonio is actually telling me that um, it was not writing in itself, but actually the success that came with writing that made him comfortable to now be visible. Up to that moment, he had only thought about soccer and maybe, but always trying to do something that would make him comfortable to become visible. Io ricordo un giorno della mia vita, non dimenticherò mai, era un venerdì, io avevo già scritto il libro, e avevo già stampato, io il mio primo libro l'ho autopubblicato all'inizio, e poi Mondadori l'ha comprato, avevo già comprato, eh, comprato le copie, mi ero fatto dare un prestito di 400 euro da un mio amico, avevo già mandato il libro per farlo autopubblicare, ero in macchina, e a un certo punto pensai, ma io non ho mai pensato, e se non vendo neanche una copia? Non, cioè, non ci avevo mai pensato, cioè fino a quel momento non ho mai pensato, eh ma se dovesse andare tutto male? E questa cosa mi è servita tantissimo perché spesso le persone fanno questo, io eh, ti faccio questo esempio, un animale, un uccello, quando fa freddo parte e va in un posto caldo, va. Gli esseri umani si fanno mille domande, chiedono all'amico, ah ma per te dovrei farlo, si guardano attorno, cercano il feedback, il feedback del genitore. Se gli animali facessero così, girerebbero attorno, no? I need to translate this, because okay. it's very complex, but what is basically, Antonio is saying is that he learned very much that you need to risk, and, and he learned this the moment in which he published, self-published his first book, and he was there. Uh, putting money in self-publishing and then all of a sudden he was thinking what if I don't sell a single a single copy and then he just took that thought out of his mind and he's saying you know you need to just fly and just go just like birds just go they don't ask themselves whether they're going to get on the other side from that voyage eh uh... Fatto, poi l'ho fatto sempre nella vita, cioè io ho 30 anni, ho fatto tantissime cose e il gioco è sempre lo stesso, penso ad una cosa, la dico ad alta voce, ridono di quella cosa o mi dicono che sono pazzo, <ride> la faccio e, e poi ti dicono è successo. E poi, e poi... So the trick is actually to 
think something and say it loud and then make it happen. <laughs> that's, his, that's his trick. Uh, he's 30 years old, he's written five books. He is one of the greatest bloggers and uh, he has a show on, on the radio. He has done a series with Netflix, a movie with Amazon. And he still just comes up with great ideas consistently. L'unica cosa che consiglio vivamente è che, ho, che, io, è che io personalmente ho, in un momento della mia vita, un po' perso la strada. L'unica cosa che conta davvero è fare qualcosa che ti piace. Ne parlavamo anche prima, no? Non, non è importante con chi la fai. O... L'unica cosa che conta è fare qualcosa che ti piace perché quello è il tuo passaporto, quello è il tuo biglietto di visita, quello è il tuo manager. Cioè, fare qualcosa che ti piace, perché poi devi andare in giro, devi difenderlo, devi... No? Sì, io sono, sono, sono nato a Bustarsizio Varese, sono cresciuto a Ravenna, abito a Milano, oggi sono a Santa Barbara a parlare di un film che ho fatto. È molto importante fare quello che ti, quello che ti piace, perché poi lo devi difendere tra 10-15 anni ne dovrai parlare. Quindi l'unica cosa che conta è non avere paura e allo stesso tempo fare qualcosa che ti piace. Well, uh, he's, he's advocating do what you like because you will call upon to like it again. <laughs> and 10-15 years from now, you'll have to defend your work and you need to know that you liked it. And uh, I think we all agree with that. Um, let me ask you one very important question about the influences. Um, I think uh, when I looked at your film at first and I saw the three chapters, and I especially saw the cinematography, I immediately uh, thought that about Barry Jenkins and, uh, and Moonlight as being something of an inspiration for the three chapters, but also for the shooting of the main character, the main Ify, the main female character, whose um, uh, skin reverberates of that, not blue, but greenish light that comes and that actually in Moonlight is... Is, is that a deliberate... Um, connection with Jenkins and if that's so are your inspirations maybe coming from the American independent filmmakers rather than the Italian tradition? No, um, no, no l'ispirazione non sono gli, uh, i registi americani ma um, tutta la filmografia asiatica oh. e, zero l'ispirazione arriva da Ferro 3 di Kim Ki-duk questo film è ispirato totalmente da tutta la filmografia di Wong Kar Wai yeah. eh, la casa nel, primo, nel secondo atto è ispirata al primo film di Wong Kar Wai che si chiama A Days Been Wild tutta la regia è ispirata a 2046 di Wong Kar Wai okay. che lui fa questa cosa che si nasconde sì. e, e lui in tutto il film in 2046 ci sono solo tre colori mm-hmm. che sono se non sbaglio il rosso, il verde e il nero se non sbaglio e in questo film faccio and uguale and l'arancione il verde utilizzo e, e il viola a volte. I'm very impressed because I, I was, my question had to do with the inspiration from Jenkins, Barry Jenkins uh, and Oscar winning Moonlight, but I'm discovering that actually uh, for Antonio the major, um, uh, the major influences are from East Asian directors and Won Kar Wai. It's the major uh, point of reference for also for this film and for the cinematography. Um, and this is certainly a, a, 
very interesting um, connection. So your passion for, for film was something that um, predated uh, the involvement in filmmaking. There was a passionate viewer. In sì, 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 io eh, guardo praticamente solo film asiatici da quando sono molto giovane e amo tutta la filmografia asiatica. I miei registi preferiti sono Wong Kar Wai e Lin Chan Dong. E consiglio a tutti di vedere i film di Lin Chan Dong. E, no, in questo film, poi ti dico, Moonlight è per me uno dei migliori film usciti negli ultimi vent'anni perché lo dicevo anche ieri Moonlight fa una cosa che è fondamentale non darti fastidio in qualcosa che ti potrebbe dare fastidio cioè nel, nella comunità nera c'è un grande tabù nei confronti dell'omosessualità io questo film quando l'ho visto l'ho fatto vedere a tutti i miei amici e poi gli ho chiesto cosa ne hai pensato e nessuno di loro mi ha parlato dell'omosessualità nessuno nessuno so e questa cosa è rivoluzionaria yeah. uh, saying that the inspiration from Jenkins film Moonlight has to do with the ability to make something extremely uncomfortable like homosexuality in the black community registered as no longer uncomfortable um, being able to actually have a film about which people can only talk about the film and not about what the film is about because they've absorbed it and that's something that he admired in, in, in that sense and uh, it's certainly um, and I said and could we say that, that that was an inspiration for you the ability to speak about something like you know a parents that fail in some sense because in this film in Autumn Beat um, you have characters that are fathering in certain circumstances mothers that fail to be mothers and so there are there are very difficult themes for the black community very constant themes were you thinking about talking about uncomfortable things but merging them with music and in that sense uh, making them uh, available ora come rispondete ti dico una cosa relazionata a quella di prima una delle grandi cose che amo di, 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 da quando è uscito il film è il fatto che molte delle persone che l'hanno visto non mi hanno parlato del fatto che gli attori fossero neri e questa cosa per me è molto importante perché è la normalità no? le persone che lo vedono devono pensare ok, è normale e, ma sai, sul discorso del, del, del fallimento ma io crescendo ho, imparato, ho visto, ho notato una cosa ho capito una cosa, anche ascoltando un po' le, le conversazioni di mio padre e di mia madre. Allora, ai miei genitori nessuno ha insegnato come fare i genitori. Non, non, almeno nella, 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 nella cultura dei miei genitori non c'è questa cosa del dialogo tra i figli e i padri. Non c'è. C'è uno schiaffo e vai dritto, basta. E credo che molti genitori falliscano per questo, perché non gli viene insegnato come trattare determinate cose no? eccetera eccetera credo che molti di questi genitori falliscano proprio in questo nel, nel dialogo so um, Antonio is actually saying that there was there is certainly a connection and the um, the, the connection with the, with the role of um, 
of, of parents is actually also very personal for him because he, he saw uh, uh, that in his culture, uh, parents were never uh, taught how to be parents. And that this was something that actually was very frequent around him and he grew up with that, with that sense. But he also said that one of the things that he really wanted to achieve with the film was that nobody would see this film as a, just an all-black cast. We introduce it that way, but that coming out of the films, they were just enamored of the characters without seeing uh, the racial component of it. Una cosa, io non so se tu lo sai, ma credo che loro lo sappiano. Io l'ho scoperto quest'anno. Il film Akim of Zamunda, Akim of Zamunda è un film di Eddie Murphy. Oh, è, okay. è un film dove tutto il cast è nero. Tutte le persone del film sono nere, tranne un ragazzo che fa il cassiere nel McDonald's. Io l'ho visto dieci volte quel film e non me ne sono accorto. Cioè, non so tu, ma tutto il cast, tutto, non eh, gli attori principali, tutte le persone del film sono nere, tutte. Okay. Tranne una persona so, che vende un panino da McDonald's. È assurdo. Okay. So he's actually referring to a film by Eddie Murphy, which I haven't seen, but I think I, I know uh, which one you mean and which has all cast that is black, but he hasn't, uh, he didn't see them as black at all. So that was also a successful example. Um, let me ask you a last question and then I want to bring um, Fred into the conversation here. Um, there is also, of course, this very interesting jarring relationship between the narrating voice which is the same voice of the character of um, Tito, but the narrating voice is, does not stutter. Tito, instead, we know that it stutters. And the narrating voice actually also at times sings at some point the song that we hear on the basketball court is the voice of Tito. So how did you make these decisions of having a narrating voice that is, doesn't stutter and then the stuttering Tito? Eh, non lo so, nel senso che mh, questa cosa della... Allora, non è una balbuzia questa, mm. eh, è proprio una, una conseguenza dell'incidente che lui fa. Sì. E, mh, ho pensato, vorrei tantissimo che la voce narrante fosse la voce che ha lui nella sua testa. E lui, cioè, la voce che ha lui nella sua testa. E quindi è anche un modo per dire... Per, anche per riuscire a cercare di spiegare il talento che avrebbe avuto questo ragazzo yeah. no? e tutto quello che il fratello gli ha tolto. Quindi forse è semplicemente un modo per sottolineare questa cosa. So it's actually the reason that, is, that, that Tito speaks as a narrator in his, in his own voice without stuttering it is because it's the voice inside his head. It's the voice that he's always heard is the voice that he always wanted to express that was not robbed by the accident, but actually robbed by the brother. So it is, it is a more, it, it's a more genuine uh, uh, voice and the stuttering voice is the voice of trauma. Thank you, Antonio. Let me, let me bring uh, Fred into the conversation for a second. Uh, Fred is himself a filmmaker, is um, uh, an educator, Uh, but he's also a, a tremendously powerful organizer of what now has become 
a, a whole cultural movement called Black Italia. And certainly Antonio is part of that, but I want to ask Fred if you can give us a sense of what is the Renaissance, this sort of uh, black Renaissance in Italy, what it is connected to and uh, what, it, what it's creating. If it has a strength, of where does it need to grow, how it's growing? Yeah, there is, a, um, I think, a great, uh, a great challenge in uh, the Italian society, but also a great uh, uh, contribution of uh, a lot of people in the last uh, maybe 10 years. And uh, the revolution of social media, and this has happened also in the United States where underrepresented uh, groups have more exposure right now, gave a, a sort of uh, self-platform to be noticed, uh, to tell story. And actually, I'm following Antonio since a lot of years uh, and uh, uh, when he was uh, self-publishing his book, he was also trying to promote the book uh, with a uh, great video book trailer. And of course, video book trailer can't have the same budget of a film. But the visual storytelling uh, to try also to bring uh, uh, issues, uh, topic, uh, and lives of people were really relevant and sometimes very, uh, very touch. Um, and Antonio worked also in a, in a lot of situation of uh, music. And of course, to promote music, you have to do music video. And I think that some years ago, I see for the first time uh, uh, inside also the black community, uh, music video in which uh, basically were represented uh, families, kids. So things that we didn't see in uh, the commercial television or in the mainstream. Of course, the difficulty is like uh, was in the United States many years ago to have uh, uh, the green light from maybe some uh, company production or some people inside the mainstream, uh, especially in the audiovisual industry. And then in Italy came the other revolution, like the United States, uh, because of course in the United States and also in Italy, I think are very similar for the inclusivity that streaming platforms are giving inside the society and the inclusivity that, uh, unfortunately, is still very difficult to have from a part of the mainstream media. And as a matter of fact, that I think that both of your work were uh, uh, Zero and Autumn Beat were produced by a uh, huge streaming platform. So I'm waiting, uh, um, and I'm sure that uh, um, this is a great time because the story are out there. And it's a great time also to, to see uh, this story inside the mainstream. Of course, when we talk the mainstream, we talk about a situation in which the budget is more, is more high, so it's more difficult to have an access uh, to, to um, a relevant budget to the film. That is the reason why, uh, for example, also I'm following a lot of other artists uh, who are engaging uh, uh, sometimes in low-budget production or sometimes in, in documentary films because, of course, documentary can be afforded with uh, uh, a small budget and sometimes without waiting a long process of uh, find or having a green light. And hopefully this is happening inside uh, a huge generation uh, and also inside a different kind of uh, social group inside the society, so not only Afro-Italians but also women. There are a lot more women filmmakers right now in, uh, in Italy, and there are a lot of opportunity 
for them given by the same streaming platform or by uh, the social media. And uh, two years ago, for example, there was a lot of another movie made uh, by um, a Bengali guy. His name is uh, Faim. Uh, he made this movie called Bangla. Um, Many years ago, there was a low-budget movie made by Adel Rashid, that is Iraqi, Italian, and uh, the, the name was uh, Stopper Piovere. So I'm sure that uh, many things are, uh, are growing, uh, are growing in Italy, and for a while Italy was a little behind uh, a similar country like Spain, for example. Spain and, and, and Italy, for me, are very similar in, in terms of uh, the way how they produce uh, uh, project. So I remember that there were more Afro-Italians directors in Spain five years ago. Uh, but I think that uh, this is a, is a great momentum and it's a great momentum also because there are a lot of stories to tell, not only of the present but also story of the past and, uh, and so this is a, it's a very terrific moment uh, and this production for me it's uh, like Antonio said, the production that you can, you can watch in different ways uh, and you can also watch uh, the art of the story. This is a story that, of course, the, the cast could be white or whatever. It's not, uh, the, the story is very powerful. So let us find out what new projects, Antonio, are you involved in and maybe also you, Fred. What, are, what is next for you? <laughs> Ah, sto facendo tante cose perché io ho questa cosa che playing soccer? No. No, okay, no. He's not gonna become a champion of soccer. Yet. No, sto facendo tante cose perché non riesco a stare fermo. Mm-hmm. E sto, sto lavorando a, ad un talent show con, con Amazon. Eh, che è un po' strano perché è un talent che ha come obiettivo quello di andare a rispondere a delle esigenze di mercato. In Italia non abbiamo eh, rapper donna, la prima stagione sarà sul rapper donna, poi magari in futuro magari sul rapper neri o eccetera eccetera. E poi sto lavorando a una serie, ad un soggetto di serie, a un film, e, boh, però sono tutte idee, quindi non, non, non so se, so le, se le produrranno. He's working on a talent show that will be looking for women rappers in Italy um, and uh, that will be the first uh, incarnation and then it might be obviously going into um, different types of rappers, maybe black rappers again and then he's also working at a new series and a new movie. Um, I think we look forward to seeing all of them. What about you Fred? I, I started to shoot some part of a, a project that is connected to the telling the story of Africans during the Renaissance Europe through the art history. So basically I visited a lot of museums, uh, interviewing a lot of scholars, uh, and I want to trace this story and how Africa came uh, from 1442 to Lisbon in Portugal, and then they spread around Europe. And of course I want also to highlight uh, 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 something that uh, I knew, but sometimes uh, uh, we don't take for granted. Uh, the fact that uh, maybe the 50% of them were not servants or slaves, uh, were travelers, diplomats, uh, uh, sons of kings, uh, uh, artists. Uh, uh, this is because uh, I never see myself represented not only in the contemporary society but also in the history. 
And it's funny when you visit a museum uh, with uh, a different watch and you start to watch uh, really carefully the paintings. Uh, and do you see this black presence in thousands and thousands of, uh, of monuments? So it's also to give a sort of click to our brain uh, to see, hey, look, we were there. It's a matter of fact that the title is We Were There. Um, I want to just close by saying um, something that I think is very evident from the way both you and Antonio have talked. It seems to me that uh, what we consider to be this uh, transnational uh, potential in Italian culture is really ex very well represented by the work that you are doing. You're connecting with a, not only a black diaspora and a transnational black culture, which brings in um, the East, now we discover, but also um, African-American authors of great importance, like James Baldwin, like Jenkins, and many others. And you are making visible uh, the history of blackness in Italy, um, and you've done it with other documentaries, and now you're doing it also historically. Now, that seems to me to really bring a very important transnational form of linking Italianness to other forms um, of viewing. And I, I really thank you for, for your work. Well, thank you. Thank you very well, thank much. You so much. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.